Hey, architecture firm owners and emerging leaders, get ready for unparalleled insight into the development of a world-class architecture firm and a worldwide organization driving the digital transformation of the design and construction industry with Build Smart, the podcast that's changing how our profession operates. We share the incredible stories behind innovation in the building industry with my friend and co-host, Patrick McLaney, FAIA, former CEO of the international architecture firm, HOK. You know, Yamasaki's office or firm lasted during his lifetime. And when he passed away, I think that was the end of the Yamasaki office. Helmut did not want that. He wanted a firm that would live out and grow beyond the founders. In season one, discover the untold stories behind HOK's meteoric rise, from 150 employees in St. Louis to a powerhouse with over 1,900 staff members and 27 offices worldwide. You know, they weren't as polite as the Kojima people. That was just boom. And anytime you have a creditor, whether it's Kojima or the bank, that wants their money, unless you can raise money someplace else, you are out of business. Bankrupt. Bankrupt. And hold on tight for season two, where Patrick takes us on a new adventure as chairman of Building Smart International, shaping the future of digital transformation in the design, construction, and operation of built assets. Ian Howell, Ken Harold, and I, Ken was my technical representative from HOK. The three of us took a tour of Europe of five cities in five days. Very busy time. Simply follow the link in the show notes to subscribe to Build Smart Now and uncover lessons that will transform you and your architecture firm. Hey, how's your marketing strategy working out these days? Wait, what's that? You're, you're not sure? Oh, oh, you don't have a marketing strategy. Or, or maybe your strategy is to design great architecture and constantly check your inbox for the next email asking you to design your next project. That's not a strategy. That's hope. And successful businesses are not built upon hope. Let's fix that. Let's start with knowing where you are today, and then we'll share some ideas and resources to show you how to get to where you want to go. We've built a great new tool called the Entree Architect Build Your Brand Marketing Scorecard, and you may access it right now for free at entrearchitect.com slash scorecard. My name is Mark R. LePage, and you are listening to Entree Architect Podcast, where I speak with inspiring, passionate people who share their knowledge and expertise, all to help you build a better business as a small firm entrepreneur architect. This is episode 274, and this week I'm with Anastasia Guadron, and we're talking about getting started with Google Analytics as a small firm architect. This episode of Entree Architect Podcast is supported by our platform sponsors, RCAT, the online resource delivering quality building material information, CAD details, BIM, specifications, and much more at RCAT.com, FreshBooks, the cloud-based accounting software that makes running your small firm easy, fast, and secure, spend less time on accounting and more time doing the work you love, and Young Architect Conference, the architecture conference dedicated to the emerging professional. Anastasia Guadron, 
Welcome to Entree Architect Podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here. It's great to have you here. Uh, Anastasia Guadron is a creative with a knack for analytics, which is what we're going to talk about today. She is a principal and creative director at Vividmark, which is a small business consultants agency here in Westchester County, New York, right where I am now. Uh, she provides the building industry with web creation and optimization, branding and social media marketing to enhance aesthetics and build more business. She frequently teaches workshops for the AIA, which is where I met her at our local AIA conference. Um, she talks about integrating analytics into business development and marketing plans. And today we're going to talk about aligning marketing strategies with analytics. We're going to focus on analytics. So this is going to be a very interesting conversation. We've never talked about analytics on the podcast before. It's a very important piece of your marketing puzzle. And so we're going to talk about that. And Anastasia's very passionate about this topic. So she's, she has taught uh, an expert session inside the membership for us a couple of months ago, which was very, very interesting. And so I invited her to come back on the podcast to share it with the rest of you. So here we go. Um, but before we get into that, Anastasia, I want to talk about your origin story. I, and then you have a very interesting origin story. I want to go back to where you discovered your passion for what you do today and give us the story from that point to where you find yourself today. Yeah. So um, I always say that like I was born into the industry and kind of forced into the industry um, because I was always the, I'm the creative in uh, a family of blue collar workers. So like architects, contractors, um, electricians. And I was always asked to like, if I was sketching something or writing something, I think my first real job was designing my uncle's business card for his general contracting business. And I was 10 and just a couple of years ago, I had to like force him to update that card. I was like, <laughs> it's time that we update this. And he's like, I love that it's hand drawn. I'm like, no, it's time. Right, right. Um, so I started there, um, as a kid and kind of doing both of these things. And I went to school for creative, for writing, for design. Um, and it all just kind of naturally aligned for me. Uh, then I got a job uh, working at a mid-sized firm in Westchester for Ole. And it was there that I saw like all of these things come together for me. Um, and that's basically how I started my business. Yeah. So, so what do you do in your business? What are the different services that you, that you offer? Yeah. So when in, I'll go back a little bit more actually. Yeah. So in college, I started, when I started writing all these articles, I started writing all these articles during like this, the internet boom, where everyone was for websites, people were back then, they still do it. It's called spiders. They crawl on websites. They like, that sounds really gross, but <laughs> basically they, um, like the the websites would crawl different pages to see what content was on so there. So that's how Google sees what's on your website, right? Yeah. So they, use, and, they use spiders or they used to. Yeah, they use, yeah. I mean, it's more advanced now, but right. yes. Yeah, so uh, one of the ways that people would optimize sites back then was to embed articles. Now you could still do this, but what they would do is like embed articles inside the back end of the site. You can't really do that anymore, but, but, um, you used to be able to just like, write. I'm sure you've seen them places where you see like kind of bogus articles somewhere. It's like, 
the, you know, and you could tell that it's made up. Right. Um, so you were so trying to trick Google and the other search engines to yeah. to highlight your website because it had the right words and the right phrases. Um, yeah. and, and that was early on, that's what Google was looking for. It was looking for specific words and specific phrases, and that would push your rankings to the top. Today, right. it's much more sophisticated. Much, much more complicated and sophisticated in, in a wonderful way. Yeah. Uh, and easy to, I, not easy, but once you figure out the formula, you can make it happen. But that's how I got started is I started writing those articles for those websites for like, you know, I was in college trying to pay for college, like 50 bucks an article. And I was just cranking them out. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of how it all aligned for me was that I realized that right, like being a creative was not like you could not in this new age just be a designer or just be a writer and get your business the attention it needed or deserved. Like you have to align with data in order to one, to see if it's going, if it's working for you and to shift, that's the other thing. And, and to make sure that it's effective. You can't, you, I really believe you can't do, can't be a creative without understanding data. And, um, that's, that was what my business was founded on was that concept of learning, watching the internet grow and seeing what happened to content when you did that. And then also really enjoying, um, being, you know, drawing and writing. And so I just slam those two things together. Yeah. And, and I would say that you're in a very good market because I think that architects and creatives, when they hear data and that they they really need to know their data and to manage their data and to use it and leverage your data a lot of them sort of <laughs> sort of curl up and like oh, i don't really want to do that that data means numbers and analytics and you know yeah. it's it's the other side of the brain that we typically don't use and and we don't use it for a reason we 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 like using the other side of the brain we like being creative Absolutely. and and being sort of released from the data side of our of our world but today in the day and age that we live in um, it's a requirement if we're going to be in business, which is what architects are. I know mm -hmm. some of us question that, mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. but we're in business to make money and to have great, great projects and to, and to earn a living. Um, and in order to do that, you need to be, uh, recognized. You need to be able to be found. You need to be able to market yourself and, and, yeah. and share your brand. And that all comes from data, right? Yes. It, it's, it's so, it's so true. I always tell, so I started speaking about this a couple of years ago. And, um, whenever I, I have this, like my slides, actually the one I did for you is I always put this elephant in the slides because I've only worked in the AEC industry. And, um, I always know when I walk into the room, everybody says, well, I get all my business by referrals. Right. Like, and I'm like, I know, I know, I know that's <laughs> what I, you know, um, but it's just no longer that way. We can't function function that way anymore because the first thing you, if you gave me a referral, the first thing I'm going to do is not call that person is look them up on my phone. That's the first thing I'm going to do right. immediately. Um, immediately. And so if you're nowhere or if you're hidden somewhere, then maybe you don't get the call. Hopefully you do, but maybe you don't. Right. So, if somebody refers you and they search your name or your firm name on, on their phone and nothing comes up or it's like Yelp, you know, and, and, yeah. and different, you know, uh, directories that are, you know, crawling the, the yellow pages and populating their sites and there's no data on you. There's no 
no information on you, there's no website that, you know, that you have control over up front at the top of the rankings, then you literally don't exist. And they'll just move yeah. on to the next one because they just assume that, you know, you don't exist. Yeah, it's true. And it's, it's, so I always say like, that seems like it would be really scary. Um, but once you figure out like how to place yourself in that system, then it's, you actually can save a lot of money doing it that way in terms of like marketing dollars. Um, and the other thing I was thinking of was to tell you was like, um, so marketing for the industry didn't actually start like officially until the 1970s. So, um, we are naturally behind in the AEC industry in terms of the way we've used marketing and the way, you know, it was like always those carrier books or whatever, you know, like, so it's, it's different now. And, um, I, I always try and put that into perspective when I talk to people, it's like, okay, I always give that slide with the statistics, like 70% of people are on Facebook and, you know, there's, uh, YouTube has more than like one and a half billion users per month, like that kind of thing. Those are important things for us to know. But also I tell everybody like, take that in context to like the way our business runs, like AAC does run differently. So, um, I, I always tell people like, don't try and like match your, if you're trying to work on your social media presence, don't like take your Instagram and like compare it to like, I don't know, some big brand like Target or some some fitness guru. Right. Right. You're not going to, or like an influencer who's speaking all the time and trying, yeah, you're not going to like, well, they have 14,000 followers and I have 300. Like the most important thing is that you have engagement and that you're consistent with it and Mm -hmm. and to see if it's, and using the data to see if it works for you. Um, but that, that's always like really to take it in context of, you know, for, for the, for our industry in general. Right. So, okay. So if we're going to accept that we have to sort of use data in order to, mm-hmm. uh, to sort of get us noticed and get us up in the rankings when people search for us, so we're there when people look for us, what are some of the things that we need to do at a very minimum level? What are the things that must be done? So I would say the first thing is always, um, activating your Google analytics account. So, most people now have some form of a website. Um, and if, if you don't, then you can easily, if you wanted to build it yourself, you could build it yourself on Squarespace, you know, or Wix or any of those. But, um, the first thing is to activate Google analytics. It's usually if you have one of those sites, if you have either like Squarespace or Wix, you it's, you can have their analytics built in, but there's, an easy enough connection that you could walk through and, and do it, um, to connect it. And then for WordPress, if you have a WordPress site, uh, it, there's a, like a plugin, an app that basically feeds all the data in there. So that would be the, the first thing I would tell everybody is because, um, it's free. You can get some really cool data. They, they're constantly changing their algorithm and updating it and giving you more information. Um, so, you know, it's actually, you can get lost in the, I, I mean, I know I can get lost in the, in the <laughs> rabbit hole of looking for like, like analyzing the way people go on your site and the way they reach you. Cause it's not just about how they're functioning on your site. It's about how they're getting there. And then also where are they going afterwards? Like, that's what, like, if I was to say two things we needed to look at, yeah, there's lots of fun things you can look at in terms of, um, demographic, like, do they play golf? Are they women? Are they men? Are they, you know, you can, you can look at all that, um, for, for free, but the biggest thing is like, how do they get to you? 
and like, where are they going afterwards? Um, so, so, so in order to, to, to activate your Google analytics, you need a Google account. So, and a lot of, almost everybody, I think at this point has a, has some sort of Gmail account or some sort of Google account. If you don't, you need to sign up for a Google uh, mm-hmm. account, which is easy. You just sign up, you know, for a Gmail account. And, and even if you don't use it, then you have the account. And that, that one account basically activates everything for Google. You don't have yes. to have all different um, uh, Google accounts. You have one Google account and then you have access to everything. And then from that, you'll be able to access Google Analytics. And Google Analytics, on the Google Analytics side, it gives you a pretty easy uh, instructions on how to set it up. But like you said, Anastasia, if you're on um, uh, 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 if you're on all these other website, oh yeah, WordPress, com- com- yeah. WordPress, there it's easy to to set it up on on that it's, side as well. It's so easy, and and the other thing is if say for example that that still seems like it's like too busy for you to handle, um, or just you know time consuming, oh, most of the websites have their own analytics built in. So you can get a pretty decent like understanding. Now, I would still recommend Google Analytics, but if you just wanted to just get a taste for it and say, I, I would say that you can also just engage in the analytics of the site. Like Squarespace analytics are pretty good and they're also constantly updating them. Um, and WordPress has its own analytics as well. Yeah, they all do. So yeah. you could use them. They just won't give you as like in depth of like demographics. Some I don't think they give you like the I know Squarespace doesn't, but they don't always give you like the links where it comes from. And that's important, especially if you're like advertising somewhere or have your photos somewhere on, on a, of a project um, or wrote an article and posted it somewhere. Those are good because you could see if you're actually getting traffic from that and see like, I don't know, you know, if you spent $200 on something or you sponsored something or whatever, or even you could just see the effort if it was free, just your time is worth writing that blog post. Like if you're getting, you know, traffic from something that you're writing for right. so um, if, or even social media. Yeah. So if you wrote an article and posted it on, on another side of the guest guest post, um, you'd be able to see the traffic that's coming directly from that post to your website to see yeah. if it worked. Yeah. And, and, and that, that I think is really important. Yeah. Um, that's where I feel like data really works now where we, you know, um, where it saves you money is that you, if you see it doesn't work, you do it a couple of times and you say, okay, well, I'm not going to do that rather than like doing a year long contract of, of a, as a guest blogger for something or whatever, right. you know, you just stop, you just move on to the next thing. It just allows you to really put your effort where you're going to get your money. Like, or, or, you if get return. or if you're going to pay for advertising, if you're doing a, a Google ad or a Facebook ad or something like yeah. that, you can see whether it's worth the effort and the money. Yeah. Um, a good example of that actually is we, um, so you think that Instagram is like the hip and trendy thing. And we started doing for a client, um, doing, we bought some ads on Instagram and we were running them and we're like, Facebook, you know, you're still, I don't know. I I always will. I always say this is your Facebook is going to die, but Facebook is never going to die. Well, they own Instagram, but they really just figure out ways like yeah. they are looking at their data because of all these pre- like they have all their data and they're looking at and they're just, you know, manipulating their system to figure out like the best way to garner. Like the one of the things is their groups right now. Everybody 
it's like part of those pages, like the town pages and the, they've just really figured out that system. Um, so, so we did these ads on Instagram because we're like, you know, Instagram, like we're going to do it on Instagram. And then we were like, let's just throw some on Facebook. And we noticed the Facebook ads were like really kicking butt. I mean, we were getting some really good traffic from it. And like, who thought that this, and we just stopped the Instagram ads and put extra money in Facebook and like traffic and calls and revenue just yeah. pop. So that's the great thing with data is like, then we, you know, we, we weren't running two ads. We saved some money and then better, better results. Right. So, so once we set up that Google analytics account and we have mm -hmm. access to that, what would be like the next step? What would we do? I mean, you don't want to just throw an ad and see what happens. What's, yeah. what's sort of like the next step after they set up that Google analytics, uh, account, what, what should they do at that point? Well, so, I mean, you mean beyond like reading the report or. Yeah. I mean, are, well, are, when you go into Google analytics, it mm -hmm. is, it's a little bit overwhelming. Because there's, yeah. there's you, there's so much data. There's like, there's like 15 different buttons on the yeah. left side. And each one of those buttons has another 10 options below that. And you can dive into it. Like you said, you can go as deep as you want to go. Yes. But, and so that's overwhelming. So is there anything that like two or three things that are the things that we should be looking at when we get into Google Analytics? Sort of mm -hmm. what should we filter out so we don't get overwhelmed? What are the things we should focus on and say, okay, that's going to tell me you know, how my website is doing on a monthly basis. I come back every month, I'll look at it and I can sort of see, or I can look at the graph and see how this thing is working. Yeah. So there are like, there are two things. The, the easy way and the kind of simple starter way would be just that main page that the overview is, it gives you the traffic. So you want to use that like as a, as a baseline. And, um, I, I, I think that it's, we sometimes, um, discount the power of just understanding traffic in general um as a as a data tool because there are so many other cool tool, tools to look at so sometimes people like overlook that but you know if you um say for example you did a bunch of proposals in one week or you went to like a networking event or you went somewhere you should see a, a jump in your traffic. So right on that homepage of your reporting, you'll, that's always the first um, thing. On, it's like the first data box there. And that's really important because it just allows you to see the efforts you're making if they are also working. Um, whenever we do like a networking event, I generally see like a slight spike um, and that means that people took my business card and they're looking at it or, you know, and, and so I think that's definitely the first thing to, to just always look at that. If you're running email campaigns, if you're doing any other type of effort to check the dates and just see if there's traffic, if it just stays the same, then okay, maybe that's not working. So that, that would be like one of the first things I would say to look at. And then the other thing, which is also on that homepage is, where the traffic is coming from. So there's a map, just click on that map and that will let you drill down to see. And as a, you know, sole architect and a small business, it's really important to see, you can drill down to each town. Like it will tell you there are people, five people from Katona are looking, four people from Larchmont are looking. Um, and 
that's really important because it allows you to see like if all of your work is in Katona or where, you know, you can, you can see if that is giving you traffic to your site or if there are new people, like understanding your demographic is really important to your business. Um, it's cool to know if they're male or female and how long they're on your site. And that's all very cool, but it's really important to understand where they're from. Just that, that simple knowledge I think is huge. Yeah. That's, that could be very valuable because I mean, for one, it may be different than you think it is. You know, you might be doing a lot of work in one town and you go into your analytics and you see, you know, five visits from another town that you don't even have work in. And you're like, Oh, somehow, some way, people in that town are talking about me and they're looking for me. And Mm so now you can start marketing to that town. You can go back to Facebook and Instagram and all these other places where you can target towns and you could, you know, run an ad for that town for your service and maybe grab some work by, from, from knowing where that, where your traffic's coming from, uh, without, you know, pretty easily done. Yeah. And one of the things we've done, um, as a result of learning that data, um, that information is, uh, you, a lot of the times, uh, the specific towns have like the small newspapers and a lot of them have email lists and we've paid like a couple hundred bucks to send out, they send it out for us. We create the ad and they send it out to their 7,000 people in that range. Um, and that's worked pretty good, you know, so it, you know, so that's it. You, you, you can just, you get that data. There's lot, then you're, you can really start to think of strategies around, um, the information, right. which is kind of cool because we always did it backwards. Like we always did it the other way. Like, let's just try this and see if it sticks, which is good because now we can analyze that, but it's pretty cool to do it the other way around. Right. See where like it's we, all naturally coming from and then, yeah, and then address and respond that. to it. Yeah. 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 Very mm-hmm. interesting. And, and there's a lot of different things. Like if you have that, that email list, you could take it to the next level and sort of, you can use, we're not going to get into this cause it gets deep, but you can, you can um, use pixels and ways to know where who's who's hitting your site and then retarget them with another ad yeah you know so if you pay for those seven thousand people and you get you know 10 percent of them to hit your site and then they just go away then they just go away but if you know they're coming and then you know who they are you can retarget them and start you know marketing to those specific people exactly that's a podcast for another day or maybe an (laughs) expert session because it gets deep We'll be right back to our conversation after this quick break to say thank you to our platform sponsors, RCAT, FreshBooks, and Young Architect Conference. Are you heading to the AIA Conference on Architecture in Las Vegas this week? Me too. I'll be there. And on Friday, June 7th from 12 to 3 p.m., I'll be joined by my friends Evan Troxell and Cormac Phelan of Speak Podcast and Lance Psycho of Inside the Firm podcast for the first ever RCAST. We'll be broadcasting live from the RCAT booth, interviewing people who are helping to build a better profession. So join us under the big red A at booth 5735. That's booth 5735. Come say hi. And while you're there, check out what our friends at RCAT.com are doing to help you save time and make more money as a small firm entrepreneur architect that's at the aia conference expo floor in las vegas on friday june 7th from 12 to 3 at booth 5735 we'll see you there 
Do you remember when you started your architecture firm? It was no small feat. It took many late nights and many early mornings. Bottom line, you've been insanely busy ever since. So why not make things a little bit easier now? Well, our friends at FreshBooks have the solution. FreshBooks invoicing and accounting software is designed specifically for small business owners like you. It's simple and it's intuitive and it keeps you way more organized than the dusty shoebox filled with crumpled receipts. Create and send professional looking invoices in 30 seconds and then get them paid two times faster with automated online payments. File expenses even quicker and keep them perfectly organized for tax time. And the best part, FreshBooks grows alongside your business. So you'll always have the tools you need when you need them without ever having to learn the ins and outs of accounting. Join the 24 million people who've used FreshBooks. Try it for free today, 30 days, no catch, no credit card. Try it for free at entrearchitect.com slash FreshBooks and enter Entree Architect in the How Did You Hear About Us section. That's entrearchitect.com slash FreshBooks. Are you an emerging architect? Do you want to failure-proof your career? Then you will want to attend the Young Architect Conference on August 23rd through the 25th in Portland, Oregon. This conference, which was created by Young Architect founder Mike Rasika, is all about feeding your connection and knowledge necessary to truly succeed in architecture as a young architect. That means you'll learn the next most powerful steps you can take after receiving your license. You'll learn how to be a better leader. You'll learn how to build your brand, stand out in a competitive market, use social media, and grow a following. You'll also learn how you can leverage your talent and values to give back in the most meaningful way. You ready to save your spot? Space is limited, so grab it now. Visit entrearchitect.com slash youngarchitect. That's entrearchitect.com slash youngarchitect. And use our promo code entree, E-N-T-R-E, and you'll save $150 when you register. That's entrearchitect.com slash youngarchitect. And use the promo code entree. RCAT, FreshBooks, and Young Architect Conference Please visit our platform sponsors today and thank them for supporting you, the Entree Architect community. So looking at your traffic, looking at, is that, would that be the referrals? Is that what we're talking about? We're, it's, it's, it's a map. It's maps. Locations. That's not referrals. So, okay. Yeah, those are locations. Okay. Yeah. So we're looking and for then, locations. And then referrals. Definitely referrals. Because again, that's j- just as we kind of discussed before is, Wherever you're putting, you know, wherever you're already putting your marketing money, um, it's important to see if that's working and also to just see, because sometimes they'll come from like the yellow pages or how's or all these other places that maybe you just kind of threw something together or it's just on there naturally or whatever. And if that's working, you might want to then pay. Like I, I know that there's like a debate with house, like some people like it, some people don't. Um, but I have like one client, it really works extremely well for, and who knows like exactly the reason why, but that, I mean, his traffic to his site, it really, really works. Um, and then I have another client doesn't really garner that much, um, traffic. So we just don't, we have a nice little profile and you leave it there. The other person we like, 
we right. feed you pictures feed it. into right. it. Yeah, we feed it because right. it really works. So, and who knows, maybe, you know, but it's it's important to know the referrals is, is a really important thing. Um, yeah. And then the other thing I would say is the time. This one's like a little, like, is it like a little iffy in terms of, is it a top, like, priority to look at this, but, um, is how long they're on your site is depending on the kind of site you have. So if you spent some time creating like a new section or, um, a note section where you write about design and architecture, um, then you really want to see that people are staying on your site. Uh, and I think that's really important. Right. So if you uh, write a blog, you want people yeah. to, you want to be able to see that they're on it for a few minutes, or, you know, because then you know that they're reading the articles. If they, yeah. if they come in, they're hitting your blog site and you're, they're bouncing out, you know, within just a few seconds, then they know they're not interested in what you're writing about. Exactly. So, so I think it's really important for that. Also, um, I always warn people like not to get scared of the bounce rate. That's called bounce rate mm -hmm. when they, and that's always on that first page when you go into Google. Right, that's right. Land. You look at it and you're like 80%. Oh my goodness. Yeah. But nobody's <laughs> staying on my site. Everybody yeah. hates me. Um, no, but it's it, sometimes, uh, that's a really good thing if they're jumping on your site to get your phone number, like, you know, and, and everybody does that. I do that. You're like, I, I want to call this person. I'm just going to go on their site and hit the phone and then the phone button or hit the phone number and just call them. Yeah. Um, so you want to look at, you can drill down into that. You can click it and it will tell you like what pages that bounce rate, why it's high. Um, so you could see like if it's the contact page and awesome or the home page. Okay. Awesome. And bounce, um, bounce rates are typically high, right? I mean, they're, they're typically yeah. in the 60 to 80%, right? Yes. Um, I, I, I've never seen one like under 40, um, depending on like, uh, if it's like a real, like, news section right, like a page right. but for the sites that we're building you know it's yeah. it's typical that you have a pretty high bounce rate. yes 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 I, i'm so glad we say that because i i don't want people to like go onto their analytics after this and then be like oh my god right it's worthless <laughs> <laughs> the site's worthless scrap the site we're gonna rebuild it ten thousand dollars for a new site and then it's still 80 percent bounce rate yeah um but that, but it's a good thing if you see that and there's a uh there is another there's other softwares out there, software out there that is um, free, like Hotjar is one where they will record um, people going onto your site, which is really cool, especially if you see, if you really were concerned about the bounce rate and you were digging into this and putting marketing strategies against your analytics and you were like, okay, we're going to take one strategy at a time. We're going to check this out. Hotjar is really good because and I always say to install this if you're just launching a site too, because if you just launch your website, it's important for a hot jar records people actually navigating your site. It will give you their location of where they are. And then it will tell you, it will show you, it record them like moving around the screen. Right. It's kind of, kind of spooky. Cause it it's, is. it's, a, I it's, always a, say it's the creeper. It's like a, a screen, it's, screen recording of somebody yeah. reviewing your site. And so you can yeah. see where they're clicking and where they're moving and where they're scrolling and where they're stopping. So you're assuming yeah. they're reading if they're stopping and then they scroll some more and they're reading some more. So you can see what they're actually doing. And so you can see if, if your action call the action buttons are in the right place, you can do a mm -hmm. test, you can move the button to a different place and then try it again. And then you can see, well, this works better over in this location rather than this location. You can do a lot about it. And, and it's hot jar, right? H-O-T-J-A-R. 
Yes, and it's it's free. Yep, hardchar.com, and it's free for like a bait. And you will never use like all the all the software for for the AEC industry. We're we're never going to use it beyond the a billion pages it gives you. You know, we're just we're not that kind. We don't get that kind of volume. So you can all of them. You can use the free subscriptions. Um, so well for the most part, (laughs) but pretty much all of them you can. Um, A good example is when we had the, so when we launched the AIA Westchester site a couple years ago, um, I installed Hotjar. I was reviewing it one day and I loved, like I was just sitting there, I was looking at all that and I love looking at the way people are functioning and seeing if the design and functionality is working. And I kept noticing that people were looking for the join me button like to join AIA. And I was like, Oh my God, we don't have the join me button on the homepage. How do we not? Um, and so we just moved it and put it there and you know, solve the problem. So it it is good for that. If you just launch a site and it's also good to see if you have a high bounce rate to see, okay, they're scrolling to get my phone number. Like, I'm good, <laughs> right, <laughs> like, right. you know, uh, or if they're trying to get an email address or something like that, then your bounce rate is going to be really high. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Very interesting. And, and actually I have one other, I have another question about traffic, but before that I wanted to, to share a fun fact. I built the first AIA Westchester mid Hudson website. You did. I was the first, I built the first one and I built it unsolicitedly because they told me not to, because it was in the <laughs> late nineties, early, early two thousands. Uh, it was like back when architects were like, well, I don't need a website. What do I need a website for? Those are sort of, you know, I get referrals from the phone, yes. you know, and I had a website and I was, you know, that's where I was at that point. I had a website that was working and I was trying to teach other architects, you need a website. It's important. And uh, finally they came around and well, most of them. And, uh, and I, I was on the board as a, as an associate director and uh, I brought it to their attention. I said, you should have a website. And they're like, oh, we don't need a website. They, you know, we have a newsletter and I'm like, well, I'm going to build one. And then if you like it, you can post it. And so I built mm-hmm. the first, first chapter website. That's amazing. And, and it, I mean, that's a true testament of, of how, um, data works with us and websites and the internet works, um, to help us because look how much the chapter has grown over the years. And look, I mean, I'm, I'm not saying it's just because of the websites that we both built, but like, but it's true. It, it really does help get your name out there and it really gives you a presence and allows people allow people to find you yeah yeah and there was there was probably two or three websites between mine and yours just you know you didn't replace mine mine (laughs) mine mine was done on some crazy software that didn't even doesn't even exist anymore like first web or i don't remember what it was i i used to do that like when i was doing the um those internet articles and embedding them we used to do it was like crazy software. Yeah. Back, just, back those, those early, those early websites. Yep. Yeah. Um, and so, so the other question I had about traffic, because this yeah. is, this is an, this is a, an important question because I think when people go to their analytics and they go to their traffic and they see that they only had two or three or four or five visits per day, they're like, Oh my goodness. You know, other people are, I go on and line and I Google how many visits should I have? And I get, you know, a thousand visits a day, you know, why am I only getting one or two? What is it? What's typical for people who are listening, like a a small firm architect builds a decent website, does the work that they need to work. What kind of traffic should they expect? 
So yeah, that's an average number. And, and, um, yeah. I'm really glad you said that because, um, uh, it's, yeah, so it's about, I would say whenever I start with any client, it's usually around two to four, depending, um, if they have, if they have like 12 people working for them, usually it'll be like in the six range, six to eight. Um, right. but yeah. So that's two to six people. Two yeah, to six people. people. Right. Yeah. So that's yeah. so when you go to your analytics and you see that low number for traffic, that's where it should be. If it's zero, yeah. then you have a problem. But you, yeah. you want to have, you know, a, a handful of people who are looking for you and looking for your services, hit your site and, and review what you're doing there. And so it's, yeah. it's not a big deal if you don't have 100 or 1000 visits per, per day. Exactly. I would say the only time that you should hope that you have more like in the double digits or like eight to 10 or 12 is if you again have some type of um, uh, content, constant content on your website, some type of blog or newsletter, if you some type of effort like that, you definitely want to have more um, because that you there, you should have some readership or, you know, uh, an audience. So that's where you should have a higher number. And also if you're paying for ads, uh, so if you're mm-hmm. paying for Google ads, you should see even, you should see a jump in that number because you're paying, even if it might not be the exact person you are paying for people to come and visit right. your site. So that's the only time I would say that you should really worry is if, if it's, you know, um, and I always say if you're starting your, your marketing, um, strategies and really implementing a plan, um, if you start at like two or four, you want to try and get to six. Like I always say, like get to six, you know, which is, a, that's a lot Yeah. because yeah. You, you're looking at homeowners or, you know, I mean, you're not, you know, so, so it's, well, it's, 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 it's an interesting exercise because when you see those numbers and you say four and okay, now I've set a goal, I want to get to six. Now you go back to your website and say, well, how am I going to drive traffic to this site? What do I need to do? How do I need to do some marketing from Facebook? Do I need to do some blogging? What do I need to do to get more people to, to see me? Um, and maybe what do I need to do to get the rankings higher in Google? Um, which, you know, is, are there specific things if we're not going to just throw keywords and phrases on your website? What, what are some things that we can do today to get higher in the rankings? So one of the things, um, that's also free. And when you create that Gmail account, um, is Google business, my Google business. It used to be my, my places. It used to have all different names. Um, that's that little section. If you go to look up somebody where their, their website and their information comes up on that right hand side and like a little box. So I would say that really helps because that tells Google that, you know, I am a business, I am legit, here's my website. So that gives you that, you know, legitimacy. Um, the, the other thing I would say is that one social media account. Um, so there was for a while in the industry, there was a debate whether Google's algorithm accounted social media, um, in terms of ranking. And for a long time, there was a debate because the algorithm is, you know, they don't share their algorithm. So, but there are people like me are like trying to figure out how the algorithm works and it changes all the time. So the, 
so the, it, it has come out that social media does count and it does rank it. They, you know, again, they are not going to give us exactly how or, um, but I say one social media account, especially if you're a small firm, you don't need to have 10,000 accounts. Choose one that you like, not one that you like, think you need one, you know, you'll use and that yeah. you'll like. And that your uh, audience, your audience is there. Yes. Yeah. And that your audience is there, but it really does need to be something that you feel connected to that you feel like you'll, you'll do it. Um, and do one and that will just, even if you post one a week or two a week, start with one a week, that consistency again, will have people sharing, engaging and anything that somebody is touching your website or touching your name inside of, you know, the online sphere that counts to Google as a, oh, okay, they matter. Um, So that's something you can do too. And that's generally, generally what the algorithm is trying to do. What Google is trying to do is, is to take the people who have the most authority, the the people who are the most real, you know, that they're, that they're really what you're looking for, most relevant to the search, I guess, guess, right? So if you're looking for a, um, a residential architect in Westchester County and you search for that, they're not, they're not only going to find the pages that say, you know, Westchester County architect on their website, but they're also going to, to, to look at the, the different inbound links to your site, the different mm-hmm. references on social media to your, to your company. Yes. It's looking at all these different things and determining whether you are the most relevant answer that your, the search per, the person who is searching for you is, is whether your company is the one that they're going to serve to them. Um, yes. And, and that's sort of, you know, at a very basic level, what the, the algorithm is trying to do. Yes, it's it, and those are pretty much all the things that it uses. Um, the other thing that is a little like could see a little techy is, um, but not really is indexing. So sometimes um, if you build your own site uh, and you just get your own domain and you ha- it hasn't been established already, you do need to tell Google that your site is real. So and a lot of people don't know that. So either you pay somebody to, to just make sure that they do that, or you can do it just by getting on that Google, you know, you just type in like, hi, all you really need to do is index my site. And you, you click on that first link and it's like, Google will take you and step-by-step on how to do it super easy. Um, but that's the other thing that people don't realize really, that really will change your traffic. If you haven't done it, um, is having your site indexed. Cause it basically tells like, it's like a library. You've like said, like, this is, you know, here is my book, like here is my website. Um, so you do need to make sure that your site is indexed. Yeah, that's a, that's an important one because I mean, a lot of us may be, you know, starting new firms, building new websites that haven't been out there for a long time. And that's mm-hmm. how Google initially recognizes that you exist. Yes. Um, and then it'll start doing its thing with your, with the algorithm. Yes, definitely. Um, the other thing you could do in terms of your ranking and traffic is, especially if you have a Squarespace or Wix site, um, which a lot of small businesses do, that one of the things is that they just implemented into their backend is um, an SEO like section. Uh, so you can just type in your keywords and your little blurbs in there before you have you used to have to like index that, code it in. Like now you just... Right. It just says type it here, and you just type it in. <laughs> yep, and w- WordPress has a similar section yeah. as well. SEO they have section. like plugins and things yep. like that. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Well, this is very interesting. I, I think that when I first when I first 
thought to invite you and to talk about analytics on the podcast. I was a little bit nervous that, you know, how are we going to talk about data and analytics on the podcast and make it interesting? But I think we did it. I think that yes. I think that yeah. that the information that we provided here about setting up a Google Analytics account, some basics on what you need to know in order to get in there and gain some value from that pretty pretty quickly because we're busy, you know, small firm architects are doing so many different things. We're wearing so many different hats to throw another thing. You have to be a data analyst, you know, it's not that big of a deal. It'll, you know, you can do it in an hour and you can go check it in five minutes once a week to see how it's going. Um, and then track it, you know, Google Analytics tracks it for you, but you can also track it elsewhere and, and set some, you know, some, some uh, key, key performance indicators to see, okay, these mm -hmm. are the things I'm going to look at every week and you can track them and see how you're doing. You know, and then make it really simple and make it an actionable uh, piece of, of your marketing strategy. S yeah. Super interesting. Is there anything else that we should mention before we wrap things up here, Anastasia? Um, I would say just to jump off quickly, what, what you said is to like, just you could even, you don't need to have it on an Excel spreadsheet or anything like that. You can just have a little pad that you have next to you that just says like, traffic on this date was this and like just and then you know just to see have a little pad because i know everybody's got a little like competitive streak inside of them yeah. and if you see you know to be able to physically see that down on a on a piece of paper in front of you every day is uh i don't know that's what we do here it's on our chalkboard but you know we, <laughs> that's what we do here and, and it, it really it really helps to just be able to see it not just yeah have to look I, it up but i love that idea yeah. of sort of putting mm -hmm. together sort of a a, a, um, a way to track it, post it up so where you see it every day. You can sort of set your goal. Here's where I am. Here's where I want to be. And here's the progress that we're making. You know, maybe note some of the things that you're doing to make that progress. Mm -hmm. it'll, uh, it'll give you some incentive to, to keep going. Yes. Very interesting. I, I love this. I, I love this topic because when I dive into analytics, I get a little overwhelmed. And, and I would assume that most architects, when they get into Google Analytics, they get a little overwhelmed. Is, is there any uh, advice that you can give people in terms of, you know, about that overwhelm that, you know, because it's a little intimidating to sort yeah. of to use that side of our brain and to dive into that stuff. How should we address that? So, I mean, it's all one thing, right? So it, the data itself is, is, a, is already a part of your business. And so all you're doing is just giving yourself 30 minutes or an hour a week, even just to understand it. It's like having somebody in the room that's already there and you don't know their name. So you're just introducing yourself to them and just getting to know them. So you don't need to think about being Google analytics or data's best friend. You just want to know who's in your room and how to like communicate with them. And, and, and that's really the, the best way to think about it. And, and instead of it being like, oh my gosh, I, I need to just take all this on. You don't need to take it all on. You just got to know how it's working. That's very good advice. It's just, yeah. just it, the data is already there. Yeah. All you want to do is look at it. That's it. Very interesting. So um, I ask everybody that comes on the show one question, and maybe this is like one action point that they can, they can take today. What's one thing that a small firm architect can do today to build a better business for tomorrow? So I would say, even though we've said this, is to make sure you have Google Analytics set up or some type of analytics set up and just take one, you, it doesn't even need to be an hour, but just choose 30 minutes or 15 minutes to just 
read the data. That's if it's not Google Analytics, then it's whatever's on your website. Just understanding and introducing yourself to your data. Yeah, I love it. On <laughs> on the web, it's thevividmark.com. The company is vividmark, so it's um, thevividmark.com. Um, uh, Anastasia is active on pretty much all social media, so you can just search either the Vivid Mark or Anastasia. Uh, Guadron, it's G U A D R O N, no mm-hmm. E, right? Yeah, no, no, no E. Mm-hmm. Um, Anastasia, this was a very interesting conversation. Thank you for sharing your knowledge here today on Entree Architect Podcast. Thank you so much for having me. It was super fun. So there you go Google Analytics in 30 minutes or less. <laughs> Go check it out. Go check out Google Analytics. I think the information and the data that you'll find there will help you build a better marketing strategy for your architecture firm. Um, it is a little overwhelming. It's a little intimidating once you get into that into that data. Uh, but I think with Anastasia's advice of just looking at one or two things and looking at it as you know information that's already there, it's just sitting there waiting for you to look at, go check it out. I think that you'll learn something that will allow you to Um, to improve your website, improve your marketing, maybe even improve your networking and where you're networking and how you're networking. That data is already there waiting for you. So go go grab that. Um, Hey, if you are at the AIA conference right now, this is um, Friday, June 7th. This episode is launching uh, Friday, June 7th. This afternoon in uh, Las Vegas from 12 p.m. to 3 p.m., uh, I am being joined by my friends Evan Troxel and Corman, Cormac Fallon uh, over at uh, Arcaspeak Podcast and my friend Lance Psycho of the Inside the Firm Podcast, two of my favorite podcasts. We're all hanging out over at the uh, RCAT booth right now, booth 5735 under the big red A. Come over and hang out. Say hi. We're going to be there for, for a bunch of hours just hanging out and, and uh, talking to really interesting people. So come join us. You know, if you... Um, want some more uh, information about marketing, if you want to sort of understand how your marketing strategy is working currently, uh, we built a tool. We built an assessment tool called the Entree Architect Build Your Brand Marketing Scorecard at entrearchitect.com slash scorecard. Um, It's a really simple, easy tool. Go there at entrearchitect.com slash scorecard. Uh, Four simple questions. Answer them as honestly as you can. We're going to pop out a score And then we're going to send you some information to help you build a better marketing strategy. So go check it out right now, entrearchitect.com slash scorecard. We'll get you that for free. um, And I think that you're going to like it. If you like the calculators that we built for the profit course, this is really one of those things that will help you look at your marketing in a new way uh, and help you build a new marketing strategy. So if you are an entrepreneur architect, and if you're listening to this, you most likely are, If you're an entrepreneur architect who runs or owns your own small firm, then you, my friend, you're an entree architect, like it or not. And I encourage you to go build a better business so you can be a better architect. Hey, I'll see you in Vegas. Love, learn, share what you know. Thanks for listening. Have a great week. I've mentioned it to my family, but in terms of telling people like, oh yeah, we're doing this, I'm looking for projects. 
You got anything? Yeah. I'm, I'm not there yet because it scares the out of me. Dreaming of launching your own architecture firm? Well, buckle up for a wild ride with Emerging, the podcast that shares what it's really like to start an architecture firm. Where do we begin? We don't even know what type of business to formalize as. Is it an LLC? Is it an LLP? Like, how are taxes? I mean, the list is astronomical. Season one featured founders Jeffrey, Lexi, and Chris, owners of Level Studio Architecture, are your fearless guides on this unfiltered journey from napkin sketches to a thriving studio. One evening, stumbled into one last dive, we sat at the bar and pondered our postgraduate futures. Amidst the conversation, a napkin became the canvas for our aspirations, sketching plans and milestones, sealing our heartfelt commitment and shared dreams. In drawing down dreams on a napkin collectively, that (laughs) then, you know, in your head, you've rooted like, oh, I'm connected to these people, like long-term. The process of starting an architecture practice brims with excitement and challenges, demanding meticulous planning, flawless execution, and unyielding resilience. I kind of hate the term because it's so overly used, but I think everybody knows imposter syndrome. And I think it's it's so real to this day. I, I, I don't know if it's with everybody, but with me, I'm always questioning like us, can we do this? Are we ready to do this? Are we prepared? Can we do it? Did we just decide a name? <laughs> we did it guys. Oh the one that God. came out of nowhere. Woo! It came out of nowhere. I liked it. I saw it. Ready to turn your aspirations into reality? Follow the link in the show notes to subscribe to Emerging and chart your own path to architectural success. Calling all small firm architects. It's time to tap into your full potential with Entree Architects Context and Clarity, where inspiration meets innovation. Hey, it's Mark Arlapage, founder of Entree Architect, and I'm inviting you to join my two favorite co-hosts, Jeff Eccles and Katie Kangas, as they bring together authors, experts, and thought leaders for electric conversations with entrepreneur architects around the globe. It's not just a podcast, it's a community where dreams meet action. There is a simple equation there. And what for me, what that did, just doing that basic calculation was, it allowed me to compare what I had actually saved in my retirement accounts to what I thought a possible projected annual spend might be. Artists are temperamental, so beautiful design is gonna be a priority. When the job is done, we're gonna actually need to live in the house, not live with the person who designed it. <laughs> and so for me, the, the artistic skill, the architectural skill is most important. And so I would say like, that would be 60% of it, if not more. Gain insights to build a successful practice. Subscribe, engage, and let's redefine your future together. Join the Context and Clarity community, where every conversation adds to your blueprint for success.